Welcome to WFEV's What's What. It's Tuesday, June 7th. What's What is the daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues surrounding the New York metropolitan area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm David Escobar. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. Coming up, we'll have some features from reporters, but let's get started now with the headlines. Six states around the country are gearing up for their primary elections today. That includes New Jersey, where voters are heading to the polls. It has major implications for the state. That's right, Nicoletta. All 12 of the Garden State's congressional seats are open, and right now, the Democrats control 10 of those seats. But this year's outcome may be more unpredictable than previous years. It's the first election since district maps were redrawn in 2021. 1.4 million New Jersey voters will be impacted by the redistricting. There's also a key race between Republican State Senate Minority Leader Tom Keene Jr. and Democratic incumbent Tom Malinowski. This isn't the first time the two faced off. Malinowski defeated Keene for the spot in a close race two years ago. New Jersey residents will have until 8 tonight to cast their votes. There's another political battle happening today that'll go down in Albany. New York's incumbent governor, Kathy Hochul, will be attending her first debate for re-election. She's going against Representative Tom Suozzi of Long Island and New York City's public advocate Jumani Williams. And they'll have plenty of issues on the docket tonight. They'll tackle issues of crime and the controversial state grant for the new Buffalo Bills stadium. Brian Benjamin's resignation may also be a part of the agenda. But political experts say that Hochul will have a different focus. She's likely going to emphasize her recent gun control and abortions rights legislation. The debate will air at 7 tonight on WCBS, and the primary will take place on June 28th. Back in New York City, Mayor Adams and the City Council are finalizing the city budget today. But some local advocates are calling on the city to make sure the budget includes more funding for arts in public schools. That's right, Nicoletta. The New York City Arts and Education Roundtable joined other New York City theater groups today, as well as Broadway actor James Jackson Jr. of A Strange Loop and City Council member Eric Botcher. And all these different groups come together with a common goal. Yeah, they're demanding that every student is guaranteed $100 for arts education. Arts have long been neglected in New York's public schools. In 2018, two-thirds of the city's principals said that their arts programs were underfunded. And the pandemic only made that problem worse. But advocates say that a bigger arts budget would really help students. Studies show that arts education improves both their performance and mental health. Speaking of the arts, there's a new exhibition on display at the Library of the Performing Arts at Lincoln Center. And for all the music lovers out there, it's a tribute to one of the most prolific alternative rock singer-songwriters. That's right, David. It's called Lou Reed, Caught Between the Twisted Stars. It's an archival exhibition of the Velvet Underground's late frontman. It actually showcases 600 hours of audio, including the first demos of songs Reed wrote for the band. It also includes more of Reed's, it also includes some of Reed's more personal items, like his Tai Chi weapons collection and handwritten holiday greeting cards from Mo Tucker, the drummer of the Velvet Underground. The exhibit will be on display through the end of August. The recent increase in Asian-American hate crimes has many Asian-Americans feeling unsafe in their own communities. WFUV's Christina Lulich talked to Sammy Yen from Team Self-Defense about what he's doing to help. Hands are up, and you're going to scream, Stop! Stop! Good, now come back. At the AAFE Community Development Fund in Chinatown, Asian-Americans of all ages are learning self-defense. 
Co-founders of Team Self-Defense Sammy Yen and Kit Young work alongside sponsors like the Alicia and Jason Lee Foundation and University Settlement to teach Asian American New Yorkers how to protect themselves. So we're teaching all over the city and I think that the nice thing about it is we're able to um, go from one place to another place because oftentimes people are just still honestly too scared to leave their, their area, their home. Roughly 130 anti-Asian hate incidents were reported to New York City police in 2021, a 22% increase from the year prior. Cities across the country experienced similar upticks in violence as the COVID-19 pandemic began to spur anti-Asian xenophobia. Yen says the recent rise of hate crimes toward Asian Americans inspired him to take action. You know, having two small kids, it was hard for me to explain to them, you know, why these things are happening. And then also, um, you know, when we took the subway, this was before all the vaccines were out. And it was, I was more afraid of getting into a fight than, you know, catching COVID. Yin's not focused on teaching anyone how to be a black belt in martial arts, but he wants everyone to be ready in case of a dangerous situation. Our tactics are all based on defense, so pretty much understanding your space, uh, you know, where you can go and how you can navigate your space and how to get yourself safely. The one thing I hope people can take away from these classes is a basic understanding of their environment and just to be more alert. Yen hopes Team Self-Defense can work on building a community centered around martial arts. I'm Christina Lulich, WFUV News. And in sports, New York is bracing itself for a pivotal matchup on the ice tonight. WFUV Sports' Julia Moss has the scoop on the Rangers, the Mets, and stories from all around the world of sports. While the Rangers have enjoyed their two-day break, the Western Conference champions have been crowned in the NHL. The Colorado Avalanche defeated the Edmonton Oilers by a score of 6-5. The 11 combined goals by the two teams ties the record for most goals scored in a series-clinching game in NHL history. The high-scoring thriller was decided in overtime with a game-winning goal scored by the Avalanche's Arturi Lekkanen. With the win, the Avalanche are headed to the Stanley Cup Final where they await their opponent who will be either the New York Rangers or the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Rangers are back in action tonight against the Lightning as they hope to bounce back from their last defeat and bring the series 3-1. Puck drop for that one is at 8 p.m. Coming off of two straight wins against the Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York Mets, who currently sit atop the NL East, built on their record against the San Diego Padres last night, winning by a score of 11-5. Eduardo Escobar became the first Mets player to hit for the cycle in over a decade and only the 11th player ever to do it in franchise history. Following their win, their overall current record now sits at 38-19. The Mets will look to continue their win streak as they face the Padres again tonight at 9.40 p.m. in San Diego. Moving over to the NFL, Los Angeles Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald broke NFL records yesterday as he reworked his deal with the Rams, now making $95 million through the 2024 season. While he didn't add any years to his contract, he is now set to make $40 million more than his previous contract with the team. The news comes off of rumors Donald was considering retirement after a Super Bowl victory last season, but this contract assures he will be with the Rams for years to come. This deal also makes Donald the highest-paid non-quarterback in NFL history. On to some news in the world of golf. Phil Mickelson is set to return to the professional stage as he announces he will compete at the Live Golf Invitational Series. Mickelson states this return serves as a new path and fresh start for the golfing legend and will be his first action in four months. The Live Golf Invitational Series will begin on Thursday in London. With WFUV Sports, I'm Julia Moss. Thanks, Julia. New York is home to all sorts of creative communities, one of which is the floral community. 
There's a flower festival in the meatpacking district called Leaf. The event highlights talent within the floral industry. WFUV's Isabel Danzis has more. New York's meatpacking district will be filled with flowers on June 10th, 11th, and 12th. Leaf, a flower festival, will be taking over the district to show off New York's floral industry. Founder of Leaf, Moira Breslin, says that the event is going to be exciting for everyone. It's set to be a completely transformative weekend. We're uh, taking over the district with over a million flowers, over a hundred florists, um, a huge European style flower market featuring over 30 um, florists from all around the tri-state area. Um, and there'll be a number of sort of installations all around the district. So New Yorkers can just come, come along and see all of the great floral um, artistry that we have to offer in the city. One of Leaf's goals is to connect New Yorkers with nature. Breslin grew up in London, in Ireland. She says that both places are known for their green spaces. I adore New York. It's my home. Um, but it really is a concrete jungle. Central Park is so amazing, but you miss the unexpected um, surprise, uh, the beauty of nature. Leaf hopes that by providing New Yorkers with large-scale floral art and displays, they will help New Yorkers appreciate natural beauty, which can then have positive effects on mental health. Breslin says that nature and flowers can impact everyone's mental health positively because of their beauty. Sylvia Lukash, a florist and the founder of Cape Lily, is participating in the Leaf Festival. Lukash also feels that her connection with flowers and nature has been beneficial to her life. For myself, um, I love growing flowers too, so that's a big part of it. And seeing that connection kind of from seed to having something in a vase is really special. But yeah, there is just something very striking about the natural beauty and individuality of every flower, and I think that's really uplifting every time I work with them. Lukash is from South Africa and often sells and works with South African flowers. At Leaf, she will be selling South African flowers as well as decorating a 3 by 3 box with them. Behind the box will be a background made by Lukash with more flowers. Lukash calls her display an Afro-botanical display. That means that she highlights the entire flower, including earthy and natural aspects like the roots. In addition to the beauty of flowers, Breslin thinks that leaf serving as a shared green space for the city can help bring the community closer. Uh, shared municipal green space really helps the community come together. And so if we can do that in some way for a few days where our whole community in the district and all New Yorkers can come together, surrounded by nature, surrounded by greenery, having a conversation about the green agenda, um, that just feels like it can only be positive for everybody. Breslin is looking forward to a flower display all about pride. We were actually really lucky last year. We had two proposals at LEAF um, in our salute to pride moment. So I'm hoping that there's love in the air again. LEAF is free to all New Yorkers and will be taking place on June 10th, 11th, and 12th throughout the Meatpacking District. I'm Isabel Danzas, WFUV News. And that's our show for today. I'm David Escobar. I'm Nicoletta Papavasilakis. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever podcasts are found.